Today is March 13th, 2021. This is episode 113 of Back to Normal. So let's get started. All right, I always start off these episodes torn because there's been a ton of vaccine news lately. And but there's also other stuff I want to talk about. Like I don't as much as this show is called Back to Normal and its intent is kind of like like it doesn't need to exist anymore once we're out of quarantine. Um, I've been having a lot of fun dealing with like other things than the pandemic. And so um, I think what I'm going to do today, I think we'll see how much time I have. Um, but I'd like to talk a bit about vaccines after my main topic, which is um, today going to be WordPress development. And I've talked a bit about developing work for WordPress and developing WordPress websites um, in past episodes. But I want to kind of talk about some of what I've been doing over the last week. And um, yeah, basically, my my kind of motto is I do WordPress on the weekends like WordPress is my off um, when I'm not when I'm not doing my NSERC work. Um, yeah, I, I like kind of as a hobby, just developing WordPress websites and and keeping the ones that I have, mostly keeping the ones that I have up to date. And um, so to kick this off, it feels actually it's kind of scary because um, thinking about WordPress every time I do, I'm just reminded of how fast time moves because I feel like I've I've been doing I've been developing blogs and, and things of that nature, like websites for about 10 years now, I think um, my first, the first blog I ever had, I started on July 4th, 2011. I'm fairly certain of that. That was, I was board writing my thesis. That's how I remember the year. Um, which means that in a few months, I'm coming up on 10 years of blogging, which is kind of crazy. And I should actually probably prepare something for that. <laughs> but um, it kind of, it felt like I've used Blogger as a as a blogging engine forever, and I learned a lot about how blogging, um, how blog like website development worked through Blogger, um, either through changing just regular HTML templates or actually using their their um, programming language that they used um, for Blogger. But um, it feels like after years of that, I switched to WordPress, and, and now I feel like obviously that's not true in 2021 but it feels like oh yeah i just switched to wordpress and i really like it but i i feel like i've almost been using wordpress for almost as long as i've been using blogger at this point um, which is kind of like i said really crazy to think about just time knows no bounds it never stops um and so what i want to talk about today is i'm doing another round of kind of hey i should update my website um and I think I've explained this philosophy in the past, but I'll sum it up briefly just to say that um, I am the person, like with any kind of technology, with anything that's going on, um, I don't like, I prefer to use the new thing that exists rather than just staying on the old thing out of either laziness or convenience. Um, there are many reasons to stay on an older technology, don't get me wrong, but um, they almost always the argument for staying on older technology decreases over time. Uh, and so at some point in any technology's life cycle, you, it, it becomes harder to maintain. It becomes harder to make the decision to go, yeah, I should probably change to the new thing. And there are certain technology cycles that turn over so rapidly that you can kind of skip. You can decide to do every other release of software and do an update. But in the case of something like WordPress, it's 
it's always been, for me at least, it's always been easier to just update with each release cycle. The one time that I did skip one, it ended up being a disaster. It ended up taking way longer to update than it should have um, just because technology had changed so much in that time. And that was with that was with the actually same, the same website I'm talking about um, today. So at a certain point, obviously, you need to make the decision to update your technology to something newer. Um, that it, whether that happens on the first day it's released, which is probably not a great idea, um, or whether it happens as the thing that you are using gets um, like basically gets the axe software development wise and is not going to be updated anymore. And so you kind of have to update to the newest thing. Um, whether you do either of those extremes or somewhere in the middle, you have to spend that time and energy to upgrade. And so I always kind of spend it as soon as possible. I usually don't do it on day one or there, there's no real incentive to do it on day one. Um, like usually you kind of let them get the bugs out and all that. Um, I will also say that like I have what I would call a production website in this, the website you're listening to this on unwindmedia.com. Um, but I kind of have my my tester website, which I use to kind of test new software releases with WordPress. Um, in my personal blog, which is robattrell.com. And basically with Rob Attrell, I, I've intentionally left that website super simple. The only thing I do is really add a little bit of CSS. And um, so there's not really any advanced features I need to port over. There's not anything like that. Um, it's all really simple. It's all really vanilla WordPress. There are a few things that I like to do. For example, um, as soon as dark mode became a thing, even with plugins, I was like, oh, I've I really like dark mode. I always used it like dark mode is my default. Everything I'm using right now, Audition, um, OneNote, WordPress, everything that I have here is in front of me on my computer is in dark mode at Windows. Obviously, behind the scenes is also in dark mode. Um, and so my website's default is dark mode. Um, and that was true up until like for, for up until um, 2021, the WordPress theme that just came out mm, two or three months ago now. Um, and so almost right away, again, not day one, but almost right away, I moved my personal website, my personal blog to um, 2021, the theme. And it was really easy to do. I just brought my CSS over, tweaked it a little bit. The The ability to do kind of live on the fly updates like that to your website um, is pretty good. It's if I was a bigger web presence uh on in these websites i would probably have a, a staging website and then i would push all the changes there see how it looked but with the low volume that i get and the low volume that i honestly want um at this point in my career i have no aspirations for this giant personal blog or this giant podcast network um that would honestly be way too much pressure i'm just one person and i'm really just doing this for myself and i'm doing it to keep my my skills current and learning and um so honestly the decision to update my regular website my my personal website to 2021 was pretty easy and uh, honestly i i feel like every time there's certain things that i want in a website um and usually if you if you are opinionated in your in terms of what you want in a website um it usually means that over time you have to do more work in order to get that but it turns out that what just by I guess kind of by coincidence or the fact that I I tend to like the the direction that modern web design is going, um, I've actually had to do like I've had to do less custom work over time. Weirdly, um, on my main website, 
Um, so things like things that I have had previously had to do, but now don't have to do. Um, for a long time, I used the WordPress theme 2017, which had a sidebar, has a sidebar. And I really liked having a sidebar. Um, when 2020 came out, it took me a long time to actually get on board that train um, on this website, on, on unwindmedia.com, because the default template didn't have a sidebar. So I updated my website, uh, my personal one, to 2020. And I kind of left it for a really long time. I was like, I'm not, it doesn't have a sidebar, so I'm not going to tackle it. And then at one point, my curiosity just got peaked. So I went down into a little rabbit hole. I learned about how sidebar, like how you can create um, widget areas and added a sidebar to 2020, yeah, to 2020 so that I could have my website, my Unwind Media Podcast Network website um, using the newest theme. And I always like it goes through cycles, like my own interest in WordPress development goes through cycles, just like WordPress goes through development cycles. And so when 2021 came out, I was like, oh, this one still doesn't have a sidebar. Um, I don't know what maybe I should just like, I'll wait a little bit. I'll see what happens. And it turns out there's this development web development company, web design company um, that makes a theme called Twentig. And I don't exactly know where that name comes from, except that it's derived from the word 20. Um, and basically what they did in with the with the WordPress 2020 theme, they created this custom plugin that gives you a bunch more options, things to be able to change um, in order to use uh, to use WordPress in a more specific way, like gives you more control over some of the options. And so I saw that. And I installed it immediately and it made my my website development way faster because there were a lot of little neat features that you could add just to customize your website a little bit. And then the 2021 theme came out and shortly thereafter, within a within maybe a month, um, Twentig added an option to automatically give you a sidebar for free if you wanted one in 2021. And that was really the big thing where I was like, OK. There's still some custom work I'm going to have to do if I want to adopt this theme for unwindmedia.com because I want a sidebar, but I also want a header. There's all these little pieces like WordPress development. That's why it's so fun for me because you can really do anything, but it's way funner and faster to do things that somebody else has already done or that are built in. Um, but I really wanted a header widget area. And so I, I got that sidebar, but that was kind of, you know, half the work. It's much more complex to do a sidebar than just do a header. A header can span the full width of your website. And you don't really have to think about um, handling the the width because it's just it is what it is. It, it fits it slots in somewhere at the top of your website and you don't have to worry about it. Whereas with the sidebar, you really want the work done for you if you can at all avoid it, um, because then you don't have to deal with, you know, making sure it's the right width, making sure these two items, the, the main blog and the sidebar are side by side. You don't have to make all these decisions about what happens when you shrink the, the website width down to mobile size. Uh, it's all if if you can have someone else handle that for you, it's great. And so I left that when twenty when Twentig came out with their update for twenty twenty one, it was no brainer to just say, yeah, uh, now that they have this, I'll let them do the sidebar part. I'll turn it on, and I'll add the header myself. And I've got lots of I've got lots of custom code already, which fortunately WordPress is very mature, so it doesn't change that much. And so I was mostly able to just port over. I was able to bring the new template in, take my custom pieces, plop them in. And everything mostly just worked. Um, now, the one thing that I will say is that a lot of WordPress themes are very opinionated about CSS, and there's a ton of custom CSS in there. And um, I'm just learning now 
like for the very first time about how CSS variables work, which are really cool. They're really nice. Um, and they actually give you a lot of power to be able to change things on your website in a really custom way really quickly. Um, but I'm just so I'm just kind of learning about how those work and taking advantage of them in the most um, efficient way possible. And so I'm still figuring things out. But if you if you actually visit, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, um, presumably you don't really visit the website that often. That's the funny thing about WordPress, um, not WordPress. That's the funny thing about blog um, podcast network websites is that <laughs> it's almost like if you're successful at marketing your podcast someone goes to your website once and if they have to go to your website again for something else it's like i don't know um some people like probably listening on on websites to podcasts but i find it kind of weird like i love my podcast app because it saves your progress and it tracks which podcast you're listening to and it tells you when there's updates and all this stuff um kind of the best podcast network the most successful podcast network that has everybody listening already kind of doesn't need to have a website anymore like you you almost don't need a podcast website and um so in doing this it's really this is really a personal thing for me i could still be using 2017 as my theme and it wouldn't really affect anything except for my own my own like hobbying um but i like it and so i'm going to keep doing it and um like i said if I screw something up, not only is my is my website low volume, so if I screw something up in the CSS or in the HTML, um, I can fix it and nobody's going to notice. And if I don't notice, it's kind of fine for a while. Um, but the other thing is that I'm not changing anything behind the scenes with respect to the RSS feed. And so if you subscribe to my podcast, like when it first came out back in September, um, if you subscribe and you never go to my website anymore after subscribing the first time, you wouldn't even notice that I'm doing all this work behind the scenes. And so it's kind of funny how um, like podcast website development is kind of like a black hole of, of effort, but, um, but it is what it is. And like, you know, you can, if like my podcast relies so little on show notes um, that it's not worth, like <laughs> nobody's ever going to be looking at my podcast in the podcast app and go, Oh man, I really want to look, go look at these show notes on the web. It's like a paid uh, sentence or two. It's not, it's not worth it, but um, I could certainly see if you had your website, um, your show notes set up in a certain way, or for example, in your, in your RSS feed, you say, Oh, for the show notes, go to the website. Like if you want to direct people to your website, um, then I totally see the value in that. Um, but I don't have, like, I don't have advertising set up on my website at all. Um, I'm really mostly just like, I'm doing this for fun. I'm keeping my skills of podcasting current i'm keeping my skills of web design relatively current i'm not trying to do anything crazy here um there are a few things that i've learned over the years that i'm that i'm just stuck with now and um so i used to have back in i think yeah it was wordpress 2017 i was like oh man this custom font i really like this font um i'm gonna stick with it as helvetica noia i think which is like new helvetica and i really like the font but um Fonts are like a massive indulgence when it comes to when it comes to web browsers, when it comes to web design. Um, since 2020 came out and I started listening is actually an episode of the Accidental Tech podcast that I was listening to. It was probably at least six months ago now, maybe a year ago. Um, but they were talking about ways to keep your website fast because they had just they had just rebuilt their website. And um, basically, we're talking about using default fonts like the the system font and you can specify 
for whatever platform somebody's using, just use the font that you have specified in the system. And if you do that, um, your website suddenly becomes way faster. And your website also fits in better with the um, with the system. So people will come to your site and they won't go, oh, that's a weird font. That's a, a kooky font or something like that. Um, it'll just fit in with the rest of the system. And so it, it will kind of blend into the background. And unless you want your website to have an opinion, um, it's, kind, it's kind of nice to just not have to think about that. Now, I am very partial. I really don't like serif fonts. Um, so fortunately, no system fonts use serifs because serifs are really they're used for reading. But like, I don't know if I just I, I don't like a serif font. I will always choose a sans serif font if I have the option. And um, fortunately, in this way, I don't really have to change. The only reason actually that I did change when 2017, I think it was 2017 came out. Um, maybe it was 2020. The only reason I changed the font in this case was that I didn't want uh, a serif font and the default serif font with that with that um, template was the default one was a serif font. <laughs> so I wanted to get rid of that. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't like them. I really, I really like, I have a complete hatred of them. Anytime, like when I have my, um, when I read a book on my, um, when I read a book on my iPad, I always turn off, like I change the serif font to something more standard. Um, which one of the reasons that I like having reading mode on in Safari or in, in any of the browsers that I use on my um, on any of my computers, really, is the ability if the website has a serif font to go, nope, I don't want you. I also get rid of the ads and stuff, but I'm mostly like, oh, get rid of that serif font. Um, but it's really fun, honestly. The biggest part about WordPress development for me is that it's really fun to just go in, like you look at your website every so often, especially after you've just published a post or something. You want to look at like, what does it look like right now? And oftentimes I'll find something like, um, especially when you've just changed themes from one to another, um, you'll find that little things have changed behind the scenes, behind your CSS. Um, and so you're like, oh, that looks really weird. And you get to make like, I'm, I make little tweaks every, like every time I look at it, I make some little change, um, especially in the first like month or two after I, after I just changed a theme. Um, and so I kind of like that. It's never, the project is never over. Because there's always these little things you can do there. It, you can constantly iterate if you want to. I mean, you can also just like you could theoretically just dedicate like a week of your life to making everything look absolutely perfect, running all kinds of tests and and like resizing the browser and seeing how it flows and, and going into that in-depth work. But honestly, I've never found that to be worth it. Honestly, I should do that with this website just because all my um, CSS breakpoints in my own custom CSS are referring to like old breakpoints on an old theme and so they might not even hold anymore um i know that there's some stuff that's weird in my theme right now but um honestly that's not like i'm not trying to put out this very polished super um intense thing um i'm just trying to have fun and i am and so this is enough for me this is this is such a fun thing for me to do every week and every so often when i get the when i get the inkling to do it with wordpress development so um that's why i do it i'm going to spend a couple minutes um just giving a quick update on vaccines because we got another one approved. There are now four vaccines approved for use in Canada. Um, it really seems like I'm watching the United States and they're talking about May 1st, every adult that wants one being able to get at least one vaccine dose. Um, I am so jealous of that right now. And I really feel like one of the things that we could be doing as a country, I don't know, maybe this is impossible. Maybe this is just logistically too difficult, but I'm feeling like if we're able to actually get 
doses of all the vaccines that we have ordered um, on some kind of accelerated time frame that we could easily get this done by June. And if we end up in a situation, if Canada ends up in a situation where we have enough vaccine doses to do this um, rollout in, in time for, let's say, Canada Day, even even like a further out time scale, if we're able to do that, um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, if we end up short on people being able to vaccinate as opposed to the actual supply of the vaccines themselves, I'm going to be really, it's going to be really frustrating. And so I hope there are plans to just train a bunch of temporary, like, you know, like you hire census workers, you hire election workers seasonally. Um, I don't care if the vaccine dose I get is given by somebody who's never done it before. Um, if I don't have to watch, uh, like it's only like pushing a syringe. If you get, if you get like, I don't know, 20 minutes of training, I'm good. Let's just, <laughs> let's just do this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really just, this is like a round the clock situation with the vaccines now where, um, I wouldn't say that I'm like itching to go anywhere. Like I've kind of, I was saying earlier this week to, to, um, my in-laws that I've kind of adapted to this like indoor sequestered life that, that we've been living. And so I'm not like itching to go outside, but I am itching for things to just be normal again. Like I'm itching to go into work sometimes if I need to. Um, even just for like seeing my colleagues, I'm itching to like go into a store quickly if I need to, rather than having to kind of weigh the odds and like, oh, should I sort online all this? It would be really nice. Um, it would also be really, really nice. I think the most of all is just like see our friends casually and like hug them, for example, hug, like let our kids play with their kids, all that stuff. That's kind of the biggest thing for me right now is that it's not even for me. It's like, um, it's like wanting my kid to be able to be social with other people not just on video not just adults um like my parents and julia's parents i i don't know it's it's the little things that get to you over time like that but for me personally i'm like i'm fully adapted i'm like i could do this for my entire life if i need to i'm not <laughs> like i'm good i'll do what i need to do um yeah but that being said if we could get if we could accelerate the vaccine timeline in the same way that the u.s has um that would be amazing. That would be awesome. And I honestly will feel kind of let down if we're not able to do that. If we're not able to, you know, accelerate the timeline to get like by June or July, get every adult vaccinated again, at least one dose. That's that's really the the baseline for me is um, if we can do that, we can hopefully slow transmission or stop transmission. I do think there should be some kind of societal incentive to not. Um, yeah to 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 have vaccine to not be hesitant about it to not say i don't want one but obviously that's a really hard question maybe i'll talk about that next week if nothing comes up maybe i'll talk about vaccine hesitancy and, and the whole vaccine passport thing next week anyways i'm gonna leave it there for now thanks very much for listening and i will talk to you next week bye